Hello. What? Hey, how are you? Hey, I am doing great, but it's not just me this time. I've got my daughter Matea with me. Hi, Matea. Hi. Hey, Matea. That's interesting. I have my daughter as well. Here's Hannah. Hi. Well, hello. We've got our daughters. This must be our social media with our daughters episode. I'm guessing it is. Daughters, how are you? Good. I'm good. Good. Well, this is going to be very interesting. (laughs) So Um, you talked about our social... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say you were talking about this being a social uh, media episode. We had one of those, but we ended it kind of wanting to get a younger perspective because we realized that we are now old. And uh, so here they are, our daughters, as our younger informants on all things social media. That sounds great to me. I'm really curious. In fact, as Matea and I were talking about this topic, uh, or uh, talking about the idea of having this conversation, uh, she was like, oh, and I have this thought. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Don't share it yet. I want to hear it live yes. on the podcast. And so, um, yeah, so we're kind of chomping at the bit. I think this is going to be a great conversation. All right. Well, let's dive in then. Uh, with no further ado, officially the fastest we've ever gotten into an actual topic. Uh, it's because we're better than you. Uh, that <laughs> may or may not be true, um, but that's hilarious. But let's... Let's start off with kind of a simple, concrete question to get the lay of the land. Ladies, what social media do you use? And Oh, so before oh, yes. we actually dive in, can we have them introduce themselves and say a little bit about who they are and what makes Ooh, them tick? Good point. Yes, let's do that. All right, Hannah. So, uh, my name is Hannah, and I am Josh from Missouri's daughter, and I'm in eighth grade, and so I do horseback riding, and I do archery, and I like to sing. I sing on the youth worship team at our church, and I like to write. Um, yeah. There you go. That's perfect. How about you, Matea? Nice. Uh, Well, my name is Matea. I am Josh from Oregon's daughter. I am a junior in high school at a private school out here. I Let's see. What do I like to do? Oh, I babysit a lot. I uh, currently have a family that I work for multiple times a week, uh, and it is a foster family with a little baby and a little girl. Yeah, and then I just kind of do odd jobs here and there with other families. Um, but yeah, that's primarily what I do if I'm not at school. That's awesome. And I know you both said your grades, but ladies, how old are you? Just to give our listeners a, a sense of how what that is. Uh, well, I'm 16. And I am 13. And in October, which is a long time ago now, but in October, I'm turning... Awesome. Nice. I will add from Matea's perspective, yes, you turned 16 and you also got your license. And like Hannah, you have done horseback riding and you like to write. So you guys have that in common. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you, ladies, for introducing yourselves. And I would love to dive right in with the question that was going to be asked a moment ago. What social media apps do you use on a regular basis? So I use Instagram and YouTube and Pinterest and Facebook, but I don't use Facebook like that often. I just have it for Facebook Messenger. And I used to have TikTok, but I don't have TikTok anymore. Um, I didn't. I don't really like TikTok, so... Yeah, I have Instagram, uh, TikTok, Pinterest. I have YouTube, but I don't really use it too much. So I recently discovered that even though I am 
trying to use Instagram on occasion, I use it differently than you guys do, or at least than you do, Matea. And that is you guys almost exclusively use the Instagram stories that like disappear within 24 hours. I, I actually post like, I don't know, is it on your timeline or whatever you call it? Like where it actually stays forever. So is that a generational difference? Um, I think so. I mean, people in my generation prefer to use stories if it's, you know, like, hey, my friends and I were at a coffee shop or just something like like something you did that day. We usually save like our full posts for like a bigger event, like, I don't know, like a huge party or like, you know, people will post for prom or homecoming or, you know, like just kind of bigger life events. Or if someone's doing like a photo shoot or something, but usually like the smaller things like, hey, we went for a hike or something, it just goes on your story. Interesting. Is that how you use it as well, Hannah? Yeah. So when uh, I usually use stories for smaller things, but sometimes like when I'm at church and I'm taking like a picture with my friends, I post it on my normal thing, but usually I just post it like on my story, but I, I use stories I think more often, and I think my friends use stories more often, and also um, we use stories for like a thing where you can have people ask you a question on your story, and then you can reply to it on like a different story, so then it's like interaction with like your friends and stuff on your stories. Oh, that's a feature I didn't know about. Yeah, in like the stickers. So give us an example of this. I didn't know, like, what kind of question? What's the most recent question you asked? So some of them are, like, weird questions. Like, do you have ten toes? That was a question that Zoe and Kelly both asked me, weirdly enough. And they didn't know that both of them uh, asked me. So, but then there's also stuff like, you can say TBH question mark, which just means, like, it, well, it technically means to be honest, but like, it's like, what do you think of me, basically? So there, there can be different questions, but knowing my friends, it's usually random weird questions because I have random weird friends. So is this a feature that you use as well, Matea? I haven't used them, but usually I see people use them for like polls or like the other day a girl was like, oh, should I like change up my Instagram? Like, should I post different things? Should I completely delete my Instagram and rebuild it? Um, And so she kind of like asked people for a poll or I know that sometimes people, if they're on like road trips or something, they will uh, be like, I'm bored, ask me a question. And then anyone that uh, goes on the story can just type a question for them. And then oftentimes they'll put their response in a separate story. But I haven't personally used it. Hmm. Well, that sounds super fun. Yeah. Um, and also, when we were talking about what social medias I have, I didn't mention Be Real, but I'm not sure if Be Real technically counts as social media. But I, I count it as social media, I think. Yeah, I've been super impressed with Be Real. That's actually been really fun. And Matea, <laughs> you, and, you and your older brother were like, Oh, great. Now all the old people are joining us on Be Real, <laughs> invading your space. Yeah. It's actually been pretty fun to have the whole family just yell, Be Real! And then everyone's like, Get in my Be Real! And I'm going to be in your Be Real. And it's actually really fun. Is that what your family always posts on time? Because I swear I never post on time. And then I always <laughs> see, like, Oh, all of, all of you guys posted on time. And I'm like some of you weren't even in the same same place but you literally your entire family just posts at the same time and it's like yeah if we're all in the house together we'll force each other to uh do it at the same time like if one of us is upstairs and sees that someone hasn't posted their b-roll we'll come downstairs and just yell out b-roll and then they're like oh i didn't even know or something we just we always make sure the other person's doing it i mean unless we're not around each other if we're like you know if i'm at school or something so they don't come to you at school and make you do it? I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> you should do that. You should do that uh, sometime, uh, Mr. Josh. You should drive 
to her school and yell, be real in front of her entire class. <laughs> Outside the window. Yes. That would be funny. Yeah, so yeah, bang costume. on the window and say, be real. Point to your phone and say, be real. <laughs> yes, in a clown costume. Yeah, that wouldn't be I would, it. I yes. would become a homeschooler. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's what homeschool is for when you have embarrassing parents that you can't be seen in public with. Oh, man. So those are some of the apps that you use. Are there any that you choose not to use or that you think are worse than others? Mm. Um, yeah, so like I was saying, I don't like TikTok. I used to have TikTok, but in my opinion, TikTok just like, you, you just go on it and are intending to be on it for like a couple minutes and then you're on it for hours and you're like, how did that happen? And I don't enjoy that happening, so I just deleted TikTok. Because I'm like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want that. You know? Interesting. Hmm. But then also, I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to use Snapchat or not, but I don't want Snapchat, so I've never bothered to ask except for like two years ago, in which I was not allowed to have Snapchat. But now I probably am, but I don't know because I, I don't want Snapchat. Yeah, so Matea, what's your comment on Snapchat? And you may speak freely. Um, so, okay, well, this is my thing with all of social media is that social media is used however you make it used. Like, you have control over your social media. Like, I hear sometimes people are like, oh, like, my TikTok stream is so weird. And I'm like, it has an algorithm and it goes to exactly what you want to look at. And with, like, Instagram or something, like, you can scroll through other people's posts of people you don't follow, um, and it's gonna, it's gonna show you more of the things that you want to see. So, if you prefer to look at reels or memes or life quotes or people's daily lives, like, it's gonna show you more of what you click on, more of what you look at. Like, it's very intentive, and so is, um, so is TikTok. TikTok's the same way. It's like, oh, if you look at beauty tutorials or if you look at sports or something, it's going to show you more of that. And so I feel like with all social media, it can be perceived in a bad way and it can also be used for good. And so that's kind of how I feel about Snapchat is Snapchat, you allow who you want to come on. Like you add people to Snapchat and like, someone can't just snap you. I th I'm pretty sure. I think you have to have a public account for something like that. But somebody can't just, like, snap you randomly. And also, like, you have the choice not to open their snap if it's, like, someone you don't want to talk to or something. So, you have full control over what you look at on social media and what you look at um, and who you allow to snap you pictures. So, I think that if it's used in the wrong context, it can be used for harm. But I feel like if you're just, you know, talking to your friends on there or sending pictures, it's just like a fun way to quickly respond to your friends or something. So I think I think that just kind of covers all of social media, though. Yeah. And for context, this has been your argument for getting Snapchat. And your mom and I have resisted it. And you still do not have Snapchat, or at least if you do, it's against the rules um, because we're uncomfortable with that app. I just feel like any app that is designed to send a picture only temporarily sets up the user for poor behavior. Yeah. And I think that's how it was like, I mean, it was designed for that, but I think, I mean, almost everybody I know has Snapchat and it's not like people don't use it in that way and also instagram is the same way like you can you can text people on instagram and you can send them photos that last a while and you can send them photos that disappear as soon as you click on them and so i think it just depends on the the people you have around you and who you trust to to send you things and you know as long as you know your friends well enough i think that it's it, it's completely harmless this is one of the fascinating challenges of parenting right now is how to put guardrails up 
that are age appropriate for your kids in what feels like the digital wild west. Um, just kind of everybody doing everything. And there's, and Mateo, you're, I think you're absolutely right. There's people doing just about everything on social media. And so whatever you're, you gravitate towards is what you'll find. And at least for me, figuring out the appropriate way to parent in that context has been very challenging. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you felt that way as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, at times I have, you know, heard the force of Matea's argument and and nearly been persuaded by it. But at the end of the day, like, we have to make a judgment call. And some judgment calls are really easy because they're like 99% one way and 1% the other way. And some, like this decision, is a little more like 55-45. Like, I'm almost there, but I'm not there. And so I just got to make the call as a parent. And that's hard to do sometimes. And sometimes it's hard to really be firm and staunch and say no when it's only a 55% no, if that makes sense. Because it's hard to know what the right decision is. Yeah, I'm this is kind of going off script a little bit here, but I'm just curious to both of you guys, are there ways you would, I mean, obviously, Matea, you want Snapchat and that's perfectly reasonable to want, but I'm curious, are there ways you would, if we switched roles, are there ways you would parent differently regarding social media? First of all, I think that it just depends on every child and their maturity level. I, yeah, it just depends on the age of the kid because I definitely wouldn't give like, you know, a nine-year-old Instagram or TikTok or anything because I want to be able to trust the maturity level that they're going to choose to look at the right things and they're going to choose to talk to the right people on the app. And if I don't feel like they're going to be responsible with that, then obviously I wouldn't give them social media because, you know, that can be really dangerous for a kid to be on social media. And so I I completely understand where my dad is coming from and the fact that the app was originally designed in the way that it was. But I also see it from, you know, my peers' point of view and that, you know, all the people I know use it very harmlessly. And so I just feel like that's true of all social media. I have this family that I babysit for and their their kids are very into iPads, like extremely into iPads. And that's all they do pretty much is just sit on their iPads. And both the boys, they're uh, five and six, I think, or six and seven. They both have YouTube. And I was talking to the mom one day and I she was asking me about social media. And I said, you know, I think that the worst form of social media for a child is YouTube because they have like you know they have YouTube kids and they have things that you can you can block off on there but at the same time like I used to have YouTube kids and I could easily find every single video that I had on YouTube like I never found a video that I couldn't watch on YouTube kids I mean granted I wasn't looking at anything bad so I don't know how far the extent of their barriers go but YouTube is so like dangerous to give to kids because if you click on a video there's always a suggested video underneath and like as soon as a video ends it just starts playing a new one and so kids are just they end up getting curious like I've seen I've seen TikToks of people they'll go to bed playing a certain YouTube video and they'll wake up the next morning to see like how far of a difference the next video is and you know people get from point a to point z overnight and it's crazy and so these kids are just sitting there and they're they they intend to look at one video and the next thing they know they're looking at videos they never even intended to click on and they just start going down this rabbit hole that i think is extremely dangerous for kids because you just you never know what could come up next and you know if they just keep going down this dive i mean there have been days like when i had youtube when i was a little bit younger i would be clicking back for videos like And I would be clicking like 10 videos back of just to try to find the original video I was watching. And so to give like a six and seven year old that like free will is honestly really dangerous. So what you're saying is dangerous is the 
age of the child relative to the amount of freedom. Is that right? Yeah, I just I feel like that is for all of social media. I think that if you can't trust the kid or the age or the maturity of the kid to look at what's appropriate for them to look at, then they shouldn't be on social media. Hmm. That makes sense. So it really is far more about character formation than it is about anything else. Sorry, Hannah, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Yeah, so I wanted to add some thoughts about kids having social media. And I'm going to, if I can, I'm going to go even broader and do, like, giving kids devices. Like Matea said, it's really about age and, like, who the kid is. But also, when I was in first grade, second grade, uh, was the first time I got, like, like a TV or anything, and it was really small. It's in my room now, actually, and it's, it's tiny. And I don't think our parents let us watch stuff on their phones. Um, nope. Did you? No. Okay, yeah, I, I was going to say, that doesn't seem like something that you would do. No, both but, of us um, have private I, jobs. We can't hand you our phones. That, that's, that's, that's true. But I actually, I agree with doing that. Well, I mean, it depends on the kid and stuff. But um, some parents just, like, say, like, oh, we're, we're going grocery shopping. Sit in the cart and watch my phone. Like, or they, like, here, use an iPad while we're at a restaurant and I feel like kids develop more in social situations if they're not constantly being handed a screen whether it's on YouTube which a lot of times I see parents just doing like Melon on YouTube or VeggieTales on YouTube and like you said about the thing where it just automatically goes to the next video. I do think that that is dangerous. And, like, especially if it's your phone and you're handing it to your kid, you you never know what the next video is going to be because there is a YouTube algorithm. But so based on what you watch, if you're handing it to your kid, there might be some stuff that you watch that you might not want your kids to watch. Also, like, if you're in a restaurant and you hand your kid a phone versus letting your kid sit there like yeah it might be annoying sometimes like having a restless kid or having your kid needing to be entertained but also if you don't give them a screen then they're more likely to know how to have conversation with other people because they're watching you have a conversation with other people and they're watching you interact with other people not over a screen, they'll learn more about social interactions and about the world around them if they're not constantly being handed a device. Like, sometimes they're going to get on your nerves, but that's (laughs) better than them being totally socially unaware because they just were constantly handed a screen as a kid. That's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Matea, what do you think about that? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, watching these these two boys in particular that just have their iPads all the time, they have like zero creativity. I mean, they have what they call iPad breaks throughout the day. It's not like you get your iPad for an hour. It's let's take a break from our iPad for an hour um, or two hours or whatever it is. And the very first time I watched these boys, it was actually just one of them. And for his entire iPad break, he sat and stared at the wall. And I I just sat there and I was like, do you want to play a game? I gave him suggestions. I was like, there's board games. We could play with all of your cool toys because you have a whole playroom with all these toys. And I, I gave him so many suggestions. I was like, we could go outside. And he didn't want to do anything. He just wanted to sit and stare at a wall. And this boy was six years old. And I was just like, I was shocked. I just sat there and I was like, okay, I guess we're staring at a wall. And I mean, to this day, every time that I'm over there and they take these iPad breaks, instead of going and doing something, um, if he does play with his toys, he reenacts TV shows that he's seen a million and 10 times. 
and he just doesn't want to play with anybody else like these kids have zero creativity and it's because they just get handed a device or shoved a device so I totally agree that you know you can handle a kid that's acting out or something but giving them a device or a screen just to you know make them be quiet is cutting them off from those life lessons that you know kids just need to learn to behave in a restaurant and they need to you know wait their turn to talk and you know all just those simple things that you should learn as a kid and instead they're just being forced tv Mm. that's fascinating i applaud you both and find that to be a fascinating opinion yeah i'm super happy to hear both of you say all that that was awesome i I am curious, trying to bring it into a little bit more contemporary. Um, I know that both of you have done a good job of selecting good friends. And so maybe you aren't exactly the right people to speak to this. But I wonder if you have stories of people misusing social media in your particular age group. Um, Not that you have to dime Mm. out any of your friends, but I am curious, what are the dangers that a person of your age group has to face in the social media world? That's a fascinating question. Um, well, I don't think, I, not that I can think of, I don't think I've ever personally experienced any misuse of it, um, at least that pertains to me. I, I mean, I've heard all the time of you know, catfishing and, you know, these grown men coming after girls and all those things, which is, again, one of those, like, maturity level things. I think that you need to to know your kid and you need to have a certain understanding, uh, or at least that your kid has an understanding, not to, you know, get to know strangers on the internet and especially not meet up with them if you don't know them. Um, and so there's definitely that. And, you know, there's also the the images that people can send that, um, you know, I've never experienced personally, but um, I know of people that have had that happen to them. I think really the only thing that I've really experienced a misuse would just be like online bullying and not necessarily like bullying, like how you would think of cyberbullying, more just, you know, I've seen people like to hide behind a screen and I've definitely seen that in my own friend group. We've had this like this group chat with who knows how many people. It's been from five to 16 people over the years and people are way more likely to say something to you when they're hidden behind a screen than when they're in person and I mean we have we've had some like foul comments said on these group chats that people like they're just sitting there like, you would never say that to my face. And they don't because you go to school the next day and they act like they never said a word. And so I've definitely seen that as something that's extremely, like, it's just extreme misuse of technology and just being able to hide behind the screen and pretend like you never said anything because, oh, it was just a text. I didn't say that out loud, you know, as if somehow that lessens the effect of your words. Um, and so, and since then I've gotten off this group chat because it's, it's just honestly a really toxic place to be. But yeah, I think that's really the only like personal experience that I've, that I've had of of misuse of social media. Mm. That's fascinating. What about you, Hannah? Yeah. So Matea kind of touched on this a little bit where there's like back when I was on TikTok, I saw a bunch of weird adult men commented on this little girl video like saying super weird stuff so like there's that and also and sorry Matea this story may make your chances of getting snapchat a little lower but um so at, at my school I think there was like a picture and I I'm almost 100% sure it was an inappropriate picture, but I did not look at it. And again, I don't have Snapchat, so I wouldn't have gone in anyways. But it was going around our entire grade last year. Everybody was, like, talking about it. Even if, like, some of the people didn't have Snapchat, their friends were showing them and stuff. And so, sorry, Matea, 
that um, that might lower your chances of getting Snapchat. But um, it was the thing that came to my mind when uh, you asked that question. Hmm. Well, so I'm sorry to keep asking all the questions here, but I'm like genuinely super curious. Your guys's perspective is so enlightening to me. So I would love to know what is the flip side? Like, why do you use social media? What's the benefit to it? What draws you to it? And what apps provide that for you? So for me, I'm going to start with Instagram because I feel like that one is just from at least my point of view is the best social media I guess for as far as like you know like it's it's harder to misuse Instagram I think um I would agree with that and I also think that um Instagram is like one of the most I'm gonna say like fun ones I mean be real is fun too because it's like two minutes long but um I think Instagram is the most like long-term like fun social media yeah so i think starting with instagram i that one it's just a fun way to see what your friends are up to which is i mean we use stories in that way to see like hey what are you doing today like what's you know like just it's it's just a fun way to catch up with your friends and you know if you're out with your friends uh it's honestly really fun to like curate a post together which i've done with my friends on multiple occasions like for my friend sweet 16 we all got dressed up and took a bunch of pictures and so we're all like okay like who's gonna post what and like okay we i want to post this one and then you know so we we all get to figure out together like who's gonna post what pictures and you know i just honestly think that's really fun is like when you all come back together and you're sorting through all the pictures and um and so it's honestly just a fun way to, to do it. And honestly, it's kind of just like a confidence boost because you get, you know, all of your friends hype you up in your comment section. And it's just really fun. Like, I've never had anyone say anything negative in a comment section because, you know, the people I know just they don't they don't care about that stuff. And, you know, I have a private account, so I only allow certain people to follow me. And so, yeah. And then it's it's also they have um, like you can text people on Instagram. So I know of people that. Um, I've been able to talk to on Instagram that didn't have a phone number or something and honestly it's it's sometimes it can be way more fun because you can almost like Snapchat you can send pictures back and forth to each other and like reply to each other's pictures and stuff on Instagram and so that's pretty fun I'd say with TikTok TikTok I'm always 50 50 with there's definitely been days where I've thought about deleting it And simply because of what Hannah said earlier in the fact that you get sucked into it for a lot longer than you intended to be on, I think that TikTok is, it's fun and, you know, you can get funny videos on there or whatever you choose to look at or, you know, hair tutorials or makeup tips and all that. But at the end of the day, it really isn't that important and, you know, we're kind of past the age where people really talk about, like, memes and TikToks, you know, that was a lot of, like, when I was in middle school, a lot of people talked about that, but I don't see many people talking about that too much anymore, so I don't think it's as big of a thing as it used to be. With, like, Snapchat, I know that that's just a fun way to be able to send pictures to your friends, kind of like we do on Instagram. You can add filters and, you know, just it's just an easier way to contact people. You know, if you don't want to text or something, you can just send pictures back and forth. So I think those are like the pros to the social media. And honestly, overall, it's just a fun way to connect with your friends in with certain platforms. There are other platforms that um, have different purposes or aren't as useful as others. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so, um, I, okay, so I'm not going to talk too much about Instagram because my thoughts about Instagram are basically the same as Matea's, like, it's fun to connect with your friends and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about Instagram. And for YouTube, for me, I do watch YouTube because if you don't want to watch something as long as, like, a TV show or a movie... But you don't want to watch something, like, as short as, like, reels on Instagram or YouTube shorts. Then you can just watch videos that are, like, 15 minutes not long. They're not, like, too long, but they keep you busy for a little while. Plus, I watch some really creative art people. 
on YouTube, like Mariah Elizabeth. And also, I watched some travel YouTubers, and it's fun to, like, oh, see where they're going and see, like, now you know more about, like, wherever they went, even if you've never been there, you still know more about it because, like, you watched a video on it and stuff. And sometimes we do, like, we all as a family come to the TV and we all pick a video so that we can just see what everybody is watching without having to watch like four different episodes of like different TV shows or four movies or whatever. YouTube videos are the right length and it's not confusing if you haven't watched any previous to that because they're kind of like each video is their own thing. So yeah, that's why I enjoy YouTube and Pinterest. I, I use Pinterest to like just find like cute dresses that I have on there and like just save like I just save like cute things or like artsy stuff or um things that would be cool tattoos or whatever then Facebook I I really only use for Facebook Messenger because our youth group has a group chat where everybody in youth has the group chat on Messenger and we all talk on there and it's always hilarious I always go on there and we're either talking about uh, agricult agricultural science or somebody's feet it's, so it's weird um Hannah I I just have to laugh like you said that the group chat was super entertaining and then you said it talks about agricultural science and I thought that's the last thing I expected <laughs> <laughs> and then I said well that's because of Maya um, because yeah. she is a, she's one of the, like, youth uh, leaders, I guess. And she is in college. So she talks about science. and they, But it's, like, science related to whatever weird stuff we were talking about. Like, if we were talking about how feet look like cheese or whatever. Um, <laughs> she just relates it to science, and it's hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Josh, did you have other questions? No, I mean, we are close on time here. So I, I think we should invite our listeners to comment on our various social media posts as we really try to explore these things. We would love everybody's perspective on what makes social media meaningful. What are the limits that we need to put on it? What does it mean to be parenting kids through this particular little phase of history and uh, all those kinds of things? So uh, share your thoughts on all of that on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we would love to hear what you're thinking about. And, you know, we would love to have this episode launch a conversation with folks that you know who are younger. You know, we'd love to have this be a conversation starter for uh, you and your kids or people like that as you're thinking about this. Uh, we just are very interested in continuing this conversation about the role of social media. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, Matea and Hannah, both you guys were both very insightful and, and gave us a good perspective that we don't have. So that was awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. But we do this all the time. We always pause at this moment and ask one another, what else are you thinking about? And so we'd love to turn the tables to you girls and say, what else are you thinking about? Well, I have been thinking about a mission trip that I am going on in uh, over spring break, um, where I am going to Kansabra in India, and I'm going to... Uh, get to work with orphans at an orphanage down there. Ooh, that's amazing. How, who are you going with? Like, is it through your church or through, uh, who are you going with? Uh, yeah, it's through my church. Um, and we have a team of, I want to say 14 people going. Um, and I believe the youngest is somewhere around 12 or 13. And we have all different ages in our group. That's amazing. 
Yeah. And Matea, this is something you're con- contemplating doing full time as a young adult. And so, yeah. Uh, how do you expect this experience to fit into that bigger picture? Well, it has always been my dream to uh, go overseas and work with orphans. Uh, My particular goal at this moment is to get my pediatric nursing degree and take that overseas um, and bring medical supplies. And the cool thing about this trip is that the orphanage that we are working with specifically is for kids with HIV and AIDS. And so I'm super excited to get to see all aspects of you know, something I've been dreaming about since I don't even remember. And so to be able to tie in everything that I want in the fact that I get to experience an international trip, I get to work with these kids for um, an extended period of time. And the fact that they also rely on the medical aspect of things that I want to work with, I think is um, all going to be a really great opportunity to really be able to, you know, see if this is something I want to commit to full time and finally get that experience that I've been dreaming about for a very long time and just kind of see if this is really what I want to do. That's amazing. Yeah, I have to say, as your dad, I, I just cannot wait to hear what your experience is like. I'm so thrilled you get to go on this trip. I'm very excited. So cool. Yeah. So Hannah, what are you thinking about? So today um, I was at church and every other week I help in kids. And so then the other weeks I'm upstairs in actual service. So our lead pastor from our church, Pastor John, was preaching and we're actually in the middle of fasting at our church and it's interesting because when we're recording this I'm actually doing a social media fast so um it's interesting that we're recording a social media podcast yeah um, during my social media fast but um his message was called humble yourself with fasting and one of his points that um I thought was interesting was he said what you don't do determines what you do because you have time for what you want to do and what I thought about this was that it's very true but like imagine somebody says hey can you for free just mow my lawn you'd say nope I'm busy actually I have some plans but if your friend if the same person asked you hey do you want to come you know to this party that um, I'm throwing, and it's going to have all of your friends there. Do you want to come? You'd say, yeah, I'm doing. I'm not doing anything. Uh, yeah, sure, I'll come. So, like, if you don't want to do it, you always have something you're doing. But if you want to do it, you can make time. Because here's the thing. You don't not have time. You didn't take the time to make the time. You didn't think about what you'd rather be doing instead of what you're already doing. So, like, if if you're already on your phone, yes, you theoretically can mow somebody's lawn for free. But are you going to? No, because you can think of a million things you should be doing instead. But if there's something that uh, you want to do, then you say yeah and then don't think about the thing that you probably should be doing. Like, if you have to do your dishes, you're like, oh, yeah, that can wait. But if somebody asks you to do something you don't want to do, you'll be like, "Eh, I I have to do my dishes, actually. So, like, (laughs) everybody has time. You have time. You probably have time. But that doesn't mean that you're going to make the time. Hmm. Mm, that's a great yeah, point. The, yeah, it really is. And it's kind of convicting because I think we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that brings us to uh, normally we end with a which Josh question, just a way to give 
everybody who's listening a little bit more information about us. But uh, since our daughters are on here, we thought we would do a witch daughter question. And this week, the witch daughter question is, which daughter once formed a neighborhood band to serenade the joggers and cyclists that passed by the house? And that daughter is Matea. Me. <laughs> yes. Tell us about that, Matea. What happened? Um, so I was probably like seven or eight years old, and I lived in a neighborhood with two of my closest friends who um, I was pretty much just grown up with. And so it was me and my younger brother and our two friends, and we did some crazy things when we got bored and one day it was in the middle of summer and we were like oh like uh let's just form a band because why not and we lived on a trail at this time and especially during the summer there were tons of people on this trail um and so we just grabbed any somewhat instrument we could find I'm pretty sure my brother was playing the box drum on a trash can and one of our friends she was Uh, she was little. She was probably only like four. She, I think, was playing like some kid's tambourine. And um, me and my friend Anna were singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, which we sang on repeat for probably an hour. And we grabbed... Oh, yes. But luckily, people come and go. So they didn't hear the whole thing. But um, we grabbed this little like tips jar and we didn't force anyone to pay us money at all but we put a little tips jar and because we were so cute and little we actually ended up getting over 50 bucks just playing on the street Uh in this annoying little thing for over an hour um and we did have this one old lady come up to us and she's like i don't have any money but can i take a video because you kids just made my day uh so yeah we did that for about an hour and we made about 50 something bucks to go towards our neighborhood club that's awesome awesome um i do have one question about that though yeah uh did your parents have to listen to it for an hour uh i don't know if they were out there i'm sure they came out at some point i know my mom came out at some point but they didn't really (laughs) they didn't really supervise us they were just like Eh, you're playing in the street. You're fine. <laughs> like talking to strangers. Who cares? <laughs> so, so yeah, we were kind of just on our own for that. Okay. So, I'd... Mr. Josh, did did you end up listening to any of it? Well, this is my moment to defend myself as a parent here. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a cul-de-sac, and yes, it uh, came up against a, a trail, a multi-use trail, but. Um, you know, it was a pretty safe neighborhood and, and legitimate trail users. Um, but what ended up happening is the, our kids would flow across the street to the neighbor's house and then their kids would flow to our house and they were just constantly back and forth. And so the general assumption was if my kids are not in my house, they're in the neighbor's house. And so that they took advantage of that assumption, not maliciously but they were like hey we're just free and so they often would like do things that we'd find out later we're like oh oops okay let's teach you about stranger danger and maybe things are not a great idea but that's super cute and i'm glad it worked out so yeah (laughs) oh like the time i walked into a stranger's house yeah thanks for really (laughs) boosting my credentials as a parent I mean, hey, if you got me on here, I might as well just tell everyone. <laughs> okay, so now I want to know that story. What happened so and why we, did you walk into a stranger's So growing up at this cul-de-sac, we grew up like neighborhood favorites, and we really didn't understand stranger danger. We just naturally assumed everyone that lived in that neighborhood loved us and that they were automatically safe people because everyone in that neighborhood was... Like, they were, like, safe people to us. They were always watching out for us. And we would always knock on their door and talk to them if we were bored. Or we would ask them if we could do chores for a nickel or something. And so we we didn't care about money. We were cheap services. We were. We were broke. But 
we <laughs> we had this one family come and move in and we had never met them before they had just moved in that day and this was probably like eight o'clock at night and we were going to walk one of our friends home who lives in a, the cul-de-sac next to us and so we went to go walk her home and as we were coming back we're like let's go say hi to our new neighbors mind you i was probably seven years old um which makes the other two around six uh i was probably more like eight um but that makes the other two around like seven and five um and we just decided to walk into their house so we knocked on their door and we were like hey like we're your new neighbors like uh welcome to the cul-de-sac this is eight o'clock at night and these it's just a man and a woman and they're probably in their late 50s and they just look at us and they're like we made cookies do you want to come in and you know to us little kids we're like absolutely we want cookies like we're coming in so we just walked in and they didn't have anything in their fridge except for these cookies i mean they had nothing on the counters they had nothing like they didn't even have like eggs and milk in their fridge the only thing that was in their fridge was this plate of cookies and hey, we didn't see a problem yeah we didn't see a problem only thing we have and we're super sketchy but hey do well, and they said that they they said that they had just made them and there was no ingredients anywhere. But we didn't we were like, OK, so we took the cookies <laughs> and we left and we went home and I was like, Mom, we just met the new neighbors. They gave us cookies. And she was like, you what? So we kind of got in trouble for that one. But <laughs> OK, so I'm assuming they weren't poisoned cookies and they weren't suspicious. I mean, we're still alive. So, well, <laughs> I mean, if yeah. they were. But po- wait, did you get sick after that? I don't think so. I don't, no, I don't but she did used to have a little sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, we don't know where she went. So, you know, we have joked on the in the past that the Witch Josh question is, like, mildly embarrassing for one or the other of us. And I totally thought we were going to get a pass this time by asking <laughs> our daughters. Uh, it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah it bringing wasn't our even teenage daughters on here was definitely a way to avoid being embarrassed. That's a. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. even embarrassing for Matea. It was just her as a little cute little kid, and then it's just you letting your kids play in the streets. <laughs> yes. Well, no, we. I don't want to embarrass my dad. Well, unfortunately, with that in mind, we're going to have to note that we are running out of time here. And I'm going to very quickly, before this goes south, I'm just going to thank everybody for listening and say, Josh, are we on for next week? (laughs) Yes, sir. We sure are. (laughs) All right. Then I will talk to you then. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.